I'm Sybil Patry, and this is my charter story from the CFA Institute. And I am a CFA volunteer from Istanbul, Turkey, and I've been involved with CFA Institute from the early 1990s on. Meet Attila Kuksal. He's chairman of the board for the Financial Literacy Association of Turkey. And I believe I am the first charter holder in Turkey. Attila is a pillar of Turkey's financial world today, but his path to a charter was not without its risks and major hurdles. I was so upset. I said, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I just, maybe this is not for me. Should I drop out or not? Before we hear Attila's charter story, we need to understand a bit more about Turkish history and specifically why for much of the 20th century, Turkey did not have a stock exchange. It's one of the oldest exchanges uh, in the Middle East and even uh, it's one of the earlier exchanges in Europe. And Istanbul is a big trade center. It's been a big trade center for many centuries and we always had many foreign bankers and foreign investors in Istanbul. But in the late 1800s, a stock manipulation scandal brought down the exchange. And then, a few years later, in early 1900s, the exchange opens up again. But in 1914, we go into the First World War. Then the stock exchange closes again. For the next 70 years, because of war and instability, Turkey was without a stock exchange. In such an environment, it's quite difficult to be an investment banker. And that's why we didn't have many investment bankers. That's why we didn't have a stock exchange to start with until 1985, right? And of course, if you don't have this, you don't have a CFA uh, exam candidates either, right? And then in 1985, it reopens again. And ever since, uh, we have a well-functioning and very liquid uh, stock market in Istanbul. The mid-80s is key here because that's when Attila's career in finance began, just as Turkey's economy was finding its feet again. It's also important to note that there never really is a good or bad time to get into finance or even take the CFA exam. And also, it's not usually a linear path. I am a mechanical engineer to start with, so I studied engineering in college, and then I went to the U.S., to Drexel University, to get my MBA. During the MBA, I had this part-time job in Princeton, New Jersey, in a company called Center for Financial Research and Analysis, Inc. Our job was uh, to gather non-U.S. companies' annual reports, and we would convert them into the U.S. accounting format at the time because there are many differences, so you have to do some juggling with the numbers. It was at this job that his charter journey began. His boss at the time was Professor Vinod Bavishi. And uh, Professor Bavishi was a CFA charter holder, and I asked him, what what is this? Professor Bavishi impressed upon Attila the merits and the importance of the charter, and Attila was immediately convinced to sit for the level one exam. In this way, Professor Bavishi was Attila's first mentor, someone whose inspiration he would need to draw on in the years ahead. But I first came back to Turkey and I started working for Citibank in Turkey. Here's something you need to understand, however. 
Not only was Turkey's stock exchange brand new at the time, but in the early 90s, there were no other charter holders in the entire country. No one that Attila could learn from or confide in. He had to rely on his experiences outside of Turkey for inspiration, which was especially daunting, considering what a long and difficult journey he was about to begin. And on that point about mentorship, it's important in all aspects in life to have guidance, mentorship, coaching, and support. Attila didn't have anyone for technical support, but he had support through his spouse. I was married at the time, and I was deputy CEO in an investment bank at the time, so I had a challenging job. But my wife is very understanding. So what I did was, actually, I, I made a system, and I said, I'll study every day one hour. So I spent one hour on CFA subjects, and if I can't study one day, because I didn't have time, I would study the next day for two hours. If not, the third day, three hours. Worst comes to worst, on Saturday or Sunday, I would sit and spend five hours and cover that week's plan. And that really worked out well. And I, I worked throughout the year. And then during the last month, I made a review. After years of anticipation, planning, and hard work, it was time to sit for the level one exam. Attila drove to a university building an hour outside of Istanbul. His small cohort was truly the inaugural one. There were only a handful of candidates, like we were maybe three, four, five of us. I mean, not that many candidates, and there were no level two candidates yet. So we were the first generation, right? When I walked in, this was a typical college room. It was a small room with these chairs uh, that they flip up, like, the, uh, and then you write on them. I said, this is very un- uncomfortable because I hate those chairs, you know? So, and uh, then you sit there for several hours on that chair and writing just like this is not very comfortable. Despite the physical discomfort, Attila was confident he would do well. In fact, unlike many of us that have sat for the exam, he didn't find the test too challenging. He left that small room feeling assured. When I got the result, you know, I opened up the envelope to see that I failed on almost every subject. And I, I couldn't believe it. I said, what is this? You know, how could this happen? So I was so upset. I thought maybe, maybe this is not for me. So I should, should I drop out or not? But I said, no, you know, I'll give it a, another chance. So I started studying again, again for level one. Waiting for and then getting the exam results is kind of a torturous experience for many of us especially if we've studied hard. It was so impressive that Attila went from a point of extreme dejection and turned it around using his grit and determination. He started studying for level one again, and as he was studying, Attila heard about another level one student who had also failed, but who was convinced that he should have passed. He lobbied the CFA Institute to revisit his exam results. And when they did, they discovered that that student had actually passed. And so had Attila. What happened was, you know, at the time, these were multiple choice questions and you would mark the answers on the exam sheet, but you would come with your own pencil. So I just bought a pencil uh, somewhere or maybe just grabbed one from the office 
But obviously that pencil wasn't compatible with the US pencils or maybe the color was too light or whatever. But the machine that uh, reads the uh, answer sheets and does the grading didn't recognize my marks. So I, I failed, right? I mean, because even though the answer was marked correctly, the machine just couldn't pick it up. Attila was ecstatic. He took that grit that he had mustered to retake the level one exam along with that new excitement of actually having passed and plunged into studying for level two and level three. So then I passed the, the exams in a row and uh, became a childhood holder. Not just age harder holder, but the first in Turkey. But passing the CFA was much more than just becoming a charter holder. It was about the journey and what it taught him. But with the CFA, it's actually about both the journey and the destination. In this case, three powerful letters next to your name. I think it gave me more discipline. I was always a disciplined person, but going through this program, it's a three-year program, and you really have to stick to your plan and go with it. Uh, it even improved my discipline, I think. And it gave me much a big confidence, self-confidence, once I got the charter. Because, see, I mean, the Turkish capital markets were just opening up. So we were seeing lots of foreign investors coming in Turkey, visiting us. Or we would go to London, New York, visiting these big fund managers and uh, like hedge fund managers. And when you give them your card, your business card, and when they see the CFA title after your name, you know, they look at you differently because, I mean, there's this guy coming from this unknown investment house in Turkey. So, like, who is this guy? Like, how much time should I spend with him? So that gave me a big, big uh, self-confidence. And uh, and that's what I told my colleagues. Look, guys, you know, once you have that title, you'll be different. Like, you'll be different. So just show it to the person that you're meeting and he'll look at you differently. The charter helped level the playing field for someone from a smaller financial center in Istanbul and put Attila on the same footing as New York and London investors. But even once he achieved the charter, Attila still had work to do in his home country to make the CFA program more recognized and rewarding. Many people really did not believe that CFA Institute, CFA Charter would add value. But then I started an asset management company. This is like going into 1996, 1997 now. And uh, I had a great team of young, ambitious, upcoming investment bankers. And I think most of them saw the opportunity, saw that you can't really become an investment banker just by being an investment banker in Turkey. So you have to you know, learn what's going on in the world and you have to have the global know-how and you have to get the global body of knowledge of CFA Institute and most of them followed suit. So whoever worked at the time with me, you know, they became charter holders and they are now charter holders and they are leading Turkey's top companies and I'm very proud of them. But Attila took his influence even further and it soon spread beyond his own company. His story has come full circle as now he is the mentor and coach for a new set of ambitious bankers. The Turkish market was very narrow, right? I mean, we didn't have equities, we didn't have derivatives and everything. And even ethics, I mean, ethics was 
not even discussed in Turkey at the time. So I started adopting the ethics code in the company I managed. And then uh, I became the president of the Turkish Capital Market Association. So we adopted the CFA ethics at the industry level and uh, we, with our regulator, we made sure that we get certain aspects into the regulation in Turkey. So it really helped me and also my colleagues and even the Turkish industry. I mean, Turkish capital markets industry was influenced by uh, CFA Institute values and uh, codes and what have you. Attila's experience of using the CFA ethics at the industry level is not uncommon. The CFA is and always has been at the forefront of ethics, investments, and innovation. I'm seeing the ESG guidance being used similarly to influence asset managers on important sustainability issues. And holding a charter has enriched Attila's life in ways far beyond his career. Because of its values that it represents, I mean, the ethics and, you know, code, and also the camaraderie, the friendship. Because I've been involved, I've been very involved in, in CFA Institute, starting at the local society level. Then I became PCR, so I was responsible for the region. So I was responsible for the Middle East and Eastern Europe. So I visited all the societies. I visited Poland and Bulgaria and Jordan and Saudi Arabia and South Africa, you name it. I've been attending each and every annual conference, wherever it was, in the US, in Europe, and I established great friendships and even, even business relations. You learn so much, you hear the best names in the investment industry, and these are not ordinary people, they are CFA charter holders, they are either top bankers, top investment analysts, top academicians, very sophisticated people, and people like you, people who think like you. That's what I tell the young graduates now, I tell them, of course, to go through the CFA program and I tell them to read a lot, to learn a lot. And I tell them, of course, I mean, you have to work hard at least the first few years, but then make sure that you contribute to your industry and to your society. So make sure that you do something, you give something back because this is a great profession. I love that, Attila. Do something and give something back. Thanks for listening to My Charter Story and a special thanks to Attila Kuksal for sharing his journey. You can find out more about My Charter Story at cfainstitute.org.